Hello everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Product Social, a podcast where we talk about interesting products, their history and their journey that can help in everyday product development. I am Shivendra Shivastava, product manager for Amazon, and I am Seema Bansal, product manager for Microsoft. Today's topic is what not to do when building products. Isn't it weird that we are starting off our podcast with a topic that suggests things not to do? It surely is. And you know what? It is important for someone who is thinking of transitioning into a product role or already is a product manager to hear about it. There are tons of academic resources on product management, what this role is, how to be a better PM, and so on and so forth. Well, they may all be good resources. And at first, the guide may look easy to follow and yet products fail. So let's talk about the not-to-do list and bad decisions to avoid. Because avoiding bad decisions is equally, if not more, important than making good ones. That's right on point, Seema. In my experience, trying to avoid making bad decisions can make all the difference between success and failure. History is full of product ideas that failed because they made mistakes that cost revenue, trust, and customers in the long run. Okay, now let's start with this commonly made poor choice of adding all the features you can. For example, have you started noticing how a car's interior has started to look like a pilot's cockpit? That's right. Haven't the car screens gotten too complex over time? Recently, when I was in a brand new car and the car had wireless CarPlay, it was such a positive change from older cars where you need to connect them via USB cable. But let me tell you, I I soon ran into a lot of issues. My wife was along with me and she wanted to charge her phone, so she used the USB cable to charge her phone. Let me tell you, here is when the real fun started. Keep in mind, I'm driving and I'm using Maps as my navigator. As soon as my wife connected her phone, the car popped up a message asking to choose which phone to run the CarPlay from. As you can imagine, this was distracting, but I was able to hit cancel and choose just my phone. Well, you would expect that on hitting cancel, I would be shown the map screen and I could just continue on with my navigation, correct? Wrong. I was shown the car's inbuilt software home screen, and then I had to choose CarPlay to go back to the map screen. I was able to get back to the map screen fairly quickly because there was no traffic and I already had engaged the car's cruise control. Imagine if this was not the case and I was driving in a completely unknown place and a fairly busy road or worse, I'm in a national park and no signal to load the directions again. I could possibly get into a lot of trouble or perhaps an accident from distraction of going back and forth on the screen. The whole experience made me think, We all like CarPlay and the value it brings. But over the period of time, this has become a bit too overwhelming and complicated. I know. This is such a good story, though. And yes, totally relatable. At this time, you know, I've become that person in the car. When I am driving, don't touch the screen. But could there be a better way? Well, if you think about it, the fundamental objective of CarPlay is to reduce driver distraction. Any feature that is either confusing or adds more distraction should be looked from the perspective of the driver. And you know what? This problem is pretty much everywhere. For example, what do you think of the headphones we are currently using? 
remember the time we had headphone jacks in the phone? You plug it in and that's it. Today, headphones have progressed into having built-in controls for volume, noise cancellation, how much noise cancellation you want, then multi-function button to play or stop your music, microphone on or off, and a separate button for calling. Some headphones offer even more functionalities and options such as double tap for 30 second forward or touch sensitive input methods for mute, etc. They may be placed ergonomically well, but what happened to ease of use? When we started working from home, I invested into finding a suitable headphones for myself. The one I started with offered to do all of the above, but let me tell you, 99% of the time, I just used it as an audio receiver. Plug it in, sound on, and that's it. I don't recall using any of the other options after day one. So recently, I started using the touch inputs and controlling mute from the headphone itself. And boy, it's Bluetooth connectivity kept dropping. It was such a mess. Well, I can relate to that too. Digging back to my engineering experience, I've always learned that adding more features to existing products also adds a lot of technical debt. Once you add new features, you also would have to make sure it doesn't break the existing performance and the new capabilities are bug-free. I understand strategically that to thrive in the competitive market, there is this rush to make the latest and the greatest. But as PMs, let's be mindful. Let's be objective about what value this feature brings and how much of the addressable market is actually going to use it. It may sound like a feature is product, but at the end of the day, is it worth risking the core performance? Shivendra, let's talk about a product that isn't that feature rich, but is super well designed. For a moment, let's take a look back at a product that stayed pretty much the same. Shall we? Okay, I'm talking about a product that was released in 2007 and had no crazy addition of features for at least 10 years or so. And yet, what an amazing product story. I'm talking about Amazon Kindle. It does one job and it does it well. It's simple and reliable to use. And with that, Amazon is holding 60% of e-readers market. Shivendra, I know you are a much bigger fan of Kindle than I am. I'm more of an audiobook person lately. Yes, Seema. For me, Kindle has been a lifeline when it comes to reading. The best part about Kindle is that it does the job that it is made for best, reading books. There are no unnecessary distractions with other functionality added. Whenever I pick up my Kindle, I'm just totally immersed in reading. It is everything that I can ask for. 30-day battery life, very lightweight, and Wi-Fi connectivity to sync your books with your iPhone app too. You know what? I bought my Kindle seven years back, and even now, that's the one that I use every day. It is just a joy to read on it. Probably the best example I can think of a product that does it what it is supposed to do without confusing the user. So the thing that we are gravitating towards is keeping a product simple. What do you think, Seema? I think from all the product stories that we have heard today, the core concept is that 
think about your end user and build the product that helps them achieve their objective. Do not add way too many features. Otherwise, it will start looking like a kitchen sink. Yes, you're absolutely correct, Seema. So then in summary, don't be the PM who wants to do it all. Thank you for listening to us today. Do like, share and subscribe to our podcast and reach out to us if you're interested in talking about product management as well. <laughs>